Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day there. My name is James, and you are joining us on Australia's favourite Formula One podcast, Oz F1. It's more like a hobby for me, so obviously I don't need to do it if I don't want. And of course, joining me for the Oz F1 adventure are my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T and Thomas J. Camp. Boys, how you doing? What's going on? Oh, just, how are you, mate? Just enjoying a lack of toilet paper if you're in Australia. You know full well what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, apparently, the uh, coronavirus means it's, uh, well, basically you have diarrhea all the time or people are just absolute idiots. Uh, it's probably both, to be honest. Who knows? Probably both. Those doomsday preppers are looking uh, like the smartest individuals yeah. on the planet, bro, aren't they? Campy, looking, looking, looking good. I knew I'd come good one day. Uh, and of course, you two coming live out of the doomsday prepper studio, uh, but because at least if uh, the nuclear holocaust happens, we can still record a podcast, uh, and that's very exciting indeed. Well, boys, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks since our last podcast and catch-up. We've had uh, the finishing of testing. We've had coronavirus completely shut down China and uh, fears of even uh, stopping Ferrari entering Australia, which we'll come to a little bit later. And of course, Drive to Survive Season 2, which was absolutely phenomenal. It basically was Formula One starring Daniel Ricciardo and some other people, except for Lance Stroll, which was fantastic. To be honest, he had one thing right at the very end and that was too much. It grabbed individual stories throughout the whole year and laid them on top of each other. So it wasn't sort of just uh, Australia all the way through to Abu Dhabi. It was individual stories. Of course, we saw uh, things like the impact that uh, the death of Antoine Hubert had, which was is still incredibly sad. And, and that made me sad again, watching that. But, you know, even just the, the raw clips of Netflix interviewing people like Lewis and a few others as the crash happened and uh, then that, their immediate reaction guy, to what was that. That guy is 20% more humble when he's on camera, I reckon. That's the way TV comes across. <laughs> I love that's what you go to talking Tiny about Antoine. <laughs> My man. He's consistent. But boys, it it's uh it really was for me a big reflection on well look, and not reflection, but it was basically Carlos Sainz versus Daniel Ricardo and Pierre Gasly versus Albon, which was more obvious. But I think it's really interesting looking at the Renault v McLaren saga and specifically Daniel versus Carlos because, of course, Daniel took Carlos's seat and Carlos goes across to McLaren, then, you know, achieves McLaren's first podium in a long time. Yeah. There has to be some up and downs for Danny Rick and you could really see that towards the end of the year. I mean, the big smile and everything else comes out, the banter, the personality, which is all there. But oh, I have my sort of heart on my mouth towards the end of the season watching it, going, I reckon he just feels like he's made a huge mistake jumping across to Renault. And we spoke about it this last time. Obviously, Cyril just promised the world and delivered nothing. Yeah, I think this documentary especially really showed how much that negatively affected him. Two things on Danny Ricciardo and the way he's portrayed in that. There was the race in Barcelona where they had the whole Carlos Sainz v Ricciardo thing. Yeah. 
Reno stuffed up that strategy. They put him on the hard and they put um, Carlos Sainz after that pit stop came out on the medium. That Reno cannot warm those tyres up. Yeah. It wasn't a fair like it wasn't a fair picture of what was going on that yeah. race. The other one that they had on when they did their little tribute to Hulkenberg when there was team orders at the end of the Canada race, if you remember the start of that Canada race, in that second stint, Danny Rick was in front of, I think, one of the Red Bulls and he was in fourth. He yeah, got a good blew, start. He blew his tyres out so much because he, he said, mate, we're not racing for Bohm's this year. I've got a genuine chance yeah. to be up there and keep up with these guys. And he blew his tyres up. No wonder Hulkenberg was closing in by two tenths at the end of the, at the, end of the race. So, I, look, just to give it some perspective from yeah. my memory of it, they didn't sell it in the right way and tell a story of what actually happened, which yeah. is what mainstream media does. I mean, they're obviously trying to portray a story and, like, the closer it is, the better it is. It looks like it's more even. But I think Danny was pretty unlucky last year, as we all saw, with reliability, firstly, which is considering Renault actually supplies McLaren is extremely disappointing that... They were beaten by someone they're supplying. And it looks bad for Renault too. Yeah, definitely. That a customer team is beating them on track consistently. Yeah. So I mean, we still got to see the Larrikin side and like the guy that we love, that was for sure, but we didn't see him in any winning scenarios that, through no fault of his own. Just really interesting, I think. Anyway, I mean, at the, the end of the day, the good thing that has come out of this is that Danny Rick is definitely the hero in the entire season don't you think like i just think especially in the u.s now i know he used to go over there to to get away from people and not be recognized but Mm. formula one now under liberty media's guidance is this huge thing that he is now becoming a central point of and i think and i was speaking with someone about this the other day i think his notability now when it comes to a netflix thing is only going to help him at the end of this year or mid this year when you know, Sponsors silly season really and, starts and, yeah. and people looking for, yeah, okay, sponsorship, but also looking for uh, another seat. I mean, the exactly. other thing as well is he sold out his merchandise. Like, I'm sorry, mate, but it was like 120 bucks for a hoodie. Like, I really wanted to buy one as well, but you yeah, sold out. Like, there are crazy people <laughs> everywhere. I, I couldn't even get on. Yeah, you should do Dude, it, baby, make sure. Yeah. Just, yeah, you would wear it too. But, you know, just little things like that is that his merchandise is now selling out really quickly. If you if yeah. you think about when he moved across and we, Tommy, you and I, when we were standing at the merch stand at Renault uh, for Melbourne last year, there was full yep. of his branded merch stuff on the Sunday because they were trying to clear it out. Now you can't, you can't yep. get it anywhere. Totally. I just, yep. it's, it's just, it's interesting, I think, because it's the first time really that, Formula One has had a hero outside of people who know about the sport since Schumacher. And I mean that yeah. because everyone knew about Michael Schumacher, regardless if you liked F1 or not. Yeah, he transcended now, the sport. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I mean, I think Danny Rick is the kind of guy to transcend the sport, which is really totally. interesting. And two years ago, I don't think he would have thought that or anyone yeah. else. So it's interesting that Netflix is able to to do that. Yeah. Of course, there were some other interesting stories. And, I mean, Alex Albon going from driving an Integra Type uh, – sorry, a Pacific Type R <laughs> uh, and living at his parent <laughs> at his mum's place with his sisters to living in Monaco with an Aston Martin. I mean, that's yeah. such a huge jump. Isn't it? Sure. But it was interesting to get behind the scenes with him a bit more and and understand his point of view as well. It seemed like I mean we kind of knew that the Red Bull family were happy with how he performed right from the beginning, but it seemed like Christian was happier with yeah. him on camera than he was ever at any point, even before the race at Melbourne in twenty nineteen with Pierre. 
Is that? Do you totally. think that's a true statement? Do you think no. he feels more comfortable with Albon? Yep, that was a big takeaway I had. I think um, it just looked like he was, and he kind of mentioned it in the in the series as well that he wanted someone to take those. He's like, even if you crash the car going for that move, we'll be happier than never taking it. They were really disappointed with Pierre never doing anything daring and just running around in six forever. That's so I, true. And I think I think uh, what really showed was that. But it's sorry to get back to what you're saying. Horner was talking about that. He was talking exactly the same way he was about Albon about Gasly six months prior. So, do you think you got to remember when this is performed? I mean, the the kid seems to be a good fit for Red Bull. You can get a better understanding of why they picked him and why they didn't go with Kvyat to bring him up. But mm. he's going to have a tough year this year. I guess it's all what we're seeing. Like he might have been saying good stuff about Pierre to the cameras and they just don't show it. We don't know that, obviously. Oh, but definitely true. what's been portrayed has been very pro-Albon and it looks like, I mean, he's secured for this year. Having said that, Red Bull has a track record of doing whatever the hell they want. But, yeah, he looks in a good position. I think probably another big takeaway for me was um, looking at Gasly. Towards the end, he got a bit of shine on him. They portrayed him as a bit of a hero towards the end and a bit of the, the mental illness side of, side of things and coming back strong, that... That we <laughs> that podium that he had at the end, right. going to the line. Like, I hey, think he got a good rap. To be honest, he came out better than he was before the series. Yeah, well, he but got that's that a hero part. story. Yeah, he, he got that podium, which was great. But again, Albon should have been ag- probably there. Again, they didn't tell the whole side of the story. That guy was shit and failed to perform at every race that he turned up in in that Red Bull. Yeah. And indeed, you if know, you are a producer of it. Netflix or any kind of television show, please write to us at thomasjcamp.com.au <laughs> forward slash I know how to tell a better story than you do. Uh, and indeed, we'll be able to help you out because uh, true facts and nothing else is exactly what entertains people, right? No, all I'm trying to say is, is to play out the psychological and the mental side of F1 is one thing. But to get into F1 and whinge and complain about it and say I'm not there, that is, they're the places you get found out in this yeah. world. And if you can't cop it psychologically, well, mate, suck it up, move on, get another, get another job. Yeah. I think the other thing, we're burying the lead here. We had Gunter saying he would fire those two on the spot. Oh, no, what a on lad. On camera, and they've just re-signed them. Like, what, what are we doing? What's going on here? Goes to show that he doesn't have complete control over yeah. the finances of the team. You know, I think Gene Haas is the kind of person. This isn't a. This is a very, I think, American kind of look. We've you know the better the devil you know than trying to get someone else new in and you know they're aiming for twenty twenty one and a whole bunch of different stuff. And the, obviously the f- the cap on spending is going to really help Haas. Yeah. But I love that. And as I said to you, Tommy, when we were messaging about this, I yeah. Mattia Bonotto is like the wettest rag I've ever seen of a leader. Seriously. He's just like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, Seb would be world champion, I guess. Oh, well, it would be great. It's like, dude, <laughs> get, can you get something together? Seriously, Gunter Steiner and Daniel Ricciardo to Ferrari in 2021, that'll fucking sort it. it out. That'll bloody James do it, it, right? You keep <laughs> Seb there. Uh, sorry, keep Seb there. Keep Charles there. Seb should go to McLaren. I just think, I mean... Man, can you guys imagine Gunter Steiner and Ferrari? Whoa. Oh. Like, I know having, like, a non-Italian, but he'd get in there and go, all right, guys, stop fucking around, stop checking things, <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> That's a pretty good Gunter from you. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, he's, he's so passionate and it makes me upset because he deserves to have two drivers who are totally behind him and not playing silly games most yeah. of the time and just not giving their all because they both have resigned to the fact they're never going to win a race. You can't have that. Like even Danny Rick, who is fully aware in a Renault, he is never going to win a race against the Mercedes and the Red Bulls and the Ferraris and everyone else. He's still in his mind. He's like, I'm going to come first today. I don't care yeah. if I'm starting in the back of the pack. Like that's where I'm doing. Carlos Sainz is the same. Yep. It, these kind of people and Max. Max is like, as soon as the Ferraris and Mercs slip up, I'm there. You guys just watch yourself because I'm coming. And Gunter is that kind of person as well. I just, it, it frustrates me that he's got those two drivers. You know, Hulkenberg wouldn't have done any good for them anyway. You know, we spoke about him potentially going to Haas for this year, but I oh, just hope that they don't get signed again because it's, you guys have had your time. Please just piss off and do something else. I'd even and just prepare yourself for this. I'd even have Alonzo back than those two. Oh, did you just say what I think you said? <laughs> I, I said prepare paying... yourself. It's bloody hell, mate. You're a turncut. I'll give you the hot tips. <laughs> <laughs> now look, you know what would be great? Look, you know what would be great? Mark Webber and Alonzo back just for one season in Haas. At Renault, mate. Well, the way it should have been in 05. Oh, there you go. The Jeez, that would have been the whole thing. Look, the thing I really liked about this series, because I didn't love it, if I'm 100% honest with you, I've got better things to do than watch Netflix. and I love the sport, but the thing I liked about it was gave these people that we see on TV that we always see performing in a media environment with their sponsors, it gave them a sense of humanity. Yep. And we saw the flaws, the warts and all, the language. A lot of them have got the backbone that we want them to have in public, but there's a way you have to carry yourselves, yeah. unfortunately. I would love to see what we saw on that show and the personality and the human side of their interactions within the teams play out in the media yeah, like we life. do. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not going to happen, but yeah. that's the thing I, re- I probably really liked about it. What did you think of the um, Mercedes portrayal, Campy, that – that whole debacle of Germany and what happened there, they were obviously celebrating, what was it, 125 years of motorsport and all these kind of things, dressing up, and they had a chaos day. It's a beauty of motorsport, though, but isn't I it? I think they actually came out better. We were all like so excited to see this carnage Mercedes failing, and bloody Toto looked reserved and like under control. Like He was in that press conference a bit annoyed, but I don't know. I, was, I think they actually got away pretty well there. Yeah, I think they portray it. But I don't think you can portray an organisation that's done what they've done in the last six years with six double, you know, yeah. world championships in a row. Um, I mean, you look at the actual road sales and car sales of that, the actual brand itself. I mean, they're the biggest brand in the world. Yeah. Highest, you know. I don't think you can make an organisation like that look bad at all. Yeah, it's a fair point. And James, what, what I think you? is really interesting... Well, I think it's interesting because the very top of the season, just before they went to Barcelona for testing, you know, Toto's standing there and he's got in the factory with as many of the 1,000 people or the 1,000 yeah. people plus who work for them. And at the end of it, he goes, let's get out there and crush them. It's one of the few a few sort of inspiring speeches yep. that, I, that they aired. I'm sure something similar exists. But I guarantee you every single one of those people standing there listening to him went, yeah, okay. No, I want That's to. It. I want to crush yeah. Ferrari. I want to crush Red Bull because this is what we do now. This is how we are. I mean, people were working on the DAS back then. And we can talk about that in in a little bit, but it, yeah. this is the kind of this is the kind of attitude. So, you know, he even said it after the race in Hockenheim that he was frustrated retrospectively that they spent so much time paying attention to the uniforms changes yeah. and all this like bad. He just wanted to to race. 
And I mean, Valtteri was very unlucky. If you and that showed it again that the helicopter image of him losing it, his left rear by maybe five to ten centimeters yep. hit that wet spot on the track, and that was enough to completely lose it. What that also shows, though, is just how intense this sport is, and how aerodynamics really makes a huge bloody difference. Because it was pushing the car down, it pushed the car down. He was on what well, he was on softs, I'm pretty sure, and. Onto, onto any kind of wet surface and that just lost it. And I felt for him, you could see his eyes, you know, that was also really cool seeing his eyes in that camera shot, just going, ah, good. Yeah. Oh, I've really screwed that one up. Yeah, and but if you look devastated. At, if, if you look at Mercedes, Mercedes whole year last year, that was the only weekend out of the whole year on race day. You know, there was some weather that both drivers made mistakes in the race. That was yep. the only time it happened all year. They had a couple of dodgy pit stops and strategies early on, but we're counting on the from what we can see on track. Yep. On it, one hand, the mistakes that they made last year, and it just so happened that the drivers made mistakes in the same race on the same day. Yeah. For Mercedes' hundred twenty fifth anniversary or whatever it is. I mean. The team as a whole was just and the rest of the weekend was great. Like they managed yeah. to get Lewis out, who was sick, qualifier. That was bloody awesome. Yeah, that was a sore throat weekend. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> had no sympathy. <laughs> but this is of yeah. course season two is the the time where uh, Ferrari and Mercedes both had at least one episode each. Season one, they weren't interested in in being around at all, and it was interesting this time around. In episode seven, we actually get to see Seb Vettel and Charles Leclerc basically kiss and make up in in um, the US and in, in Coda after a, a lot of building tensions. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was the the um, before the race entertainment with Sky Sports. They had the remote control racing cars and they were all very yeah. happy and, you know, all that sort of other stuff. Of course, it yeah. gets worse when they get to Brazil. But certainly interesting to see how that dynamic worked. But you go from Mercedes and they look like a really tight ship and they're led really well. And yes, okay, Toto smashes his wrist on the, the desk when he's wearing his, you know, his silly hat because Valtteri goes off and Lewis goes off. And that's, you're right, that is the only negative bit that we see of them. Ferrari, though, for most of the time, just look like an absolute mess of an organization still. Yeah, chaos. Even absolute trying to manage chaos. their drivers, they look, it just looks chaotic. And I mean, it just, it, I really want Danny Rick to get into a winning car. It seems like it Ferrari is one of the options, like is the option, but man, don't, I kind of wish it wasn't. Don't send him to Ferrari next man, year. Man, you keep saying that. scares oh, the crap out of me. All right, let's move away from the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the drive to survive alone. and let's let's start with Ferrari after testing, eh? Yeah. And what's yeah, happening a, inside that's that That's a team. really great point. Well, I mean, it's it's been a, a hell of a testing period for them. They, I mean, Seb, was ill for quite a lot of the days. And let's also not, if, if you, if you haven't realized what's going on in testing uh, this time around, they've had inverted commas, two weeks of testing, which is actually only three days in each week of testing. Yep. So uh, they've so tested the same amount. Yeah. They've tested the same amount this year that Williams did last year when they had eight <laughs> days to test. Um, yeah. So Williams should be full bottle on how to do everything in six days <laughs> from 2019. That's for sure. So there's been less time on track, uh, which only means a day and a half per driver in the car. And uh, of course, when one of your drivers is sick, then the other one's going to get most of the time. D- sandbagging don't is a word that even, has no, been thrown around a lot. Worry. 
don't even worry about what the drivers are doing. That car, if you think to this time last year, we were sitting here, me and you, Jim, not Tommy, I don't think you were there for the no, first I was podcast. race three. Anyway, we were sitting there and going, geez, Ferrari looked really strong this year. This year in testing, they were so far off the pace. Yeah. The first thing that Mattia Bonotto came out and said is, we're not as fast as Ferrari or Red Bull. All the things that we've heard coming out about, like even today there's an article saying we might scrap development on the 2020 car already before the season's even started Wow! and concentrate on 2021. Yeah. Ferrari is going to be a shambles of an organisation this year. Yeah. Now we've just had we've just found out in the news also that the FIA has reached a, a settlement with Ferrari and their engine last year. So that is code four. Yeah. And if you think back to the first half of the season, we had our break. Ferrari were nowhere. They weren't even close to winning races. They yeah. hadn't won. A, sorry, they should have won a couple, but they hadn't won a race. We got back to Spa for the first race after the mid-season break. And they dominated. They had NOS in the back of that thing. They Mate, were flying. That thing was flying. Now, Red Bull picked up on it about four races later and started to get some technical directives on what they're doing to their fuel flow. Yep. Then their pace for the rest of the year dramatically dropped off and they were nowhere. <laughs> now, for the FIA to come out and say that we have reached an agreement with Ferrari a on settlement. last... A settlement. Yeah. Which doesn't tell anyone what's happened, tells no. me that Ferrari... Cheated like you wouldn't believe, or yep. there's some genuine IP in what they did to get the performance out of that car, and they don't want anyone else finding out about yep. it. Yep. And it obviously didn't fall within with fall within the regulations, but I think behind closed doors, there's a lot of handshaking and probably some brown paper bags and some money going underneath. <laughs> Pay off the FIA not to let that intellectual property yeah. out. Because it, it was all fuel flow, am I right, Camby? That was the whole thought process. Yeah, well, it's a bit like this DAS system that we'll get to. It's actually – what they were doing was technically illegal, but they found a way to get around it in the regulations, yep. in the fuel flow, somehow, I yeah. don't know. but Very um, interesting. Well, so, it's yeah. interesting because, so, of course, this year we've got now seven teams – who aren't happy about it. And Pretty much every team that doesn't have a Ferrari engine. Yeah. Oh, funny that, yes. So for those of you who don't know, that's McLaren, Mercedes, AlphaTauri, uh, Renault Williams, Racing Point and Red Bull have basically banded together and say, guys, to the FIA, can you tell us what the hell is going on, please, and stop having these mate, backroom uh, deals over what's going on? That's threatening legal action. Mate, they've written a letter and they've said, we're very mad at what you did, please explain. And the FIA <laughs> is going to turn around and go, no. <laughs> Ferrari has a pretty big <laughs> mate, it's like every other governing body throughout the rest of the world. They they do what they want. Is Hans Briggs delivering the lever? Yeah. I was fighting South Park there. We're, we're, we're gonna write you a letter and say we're very mad. <laughs> it's like your mum writing a letter asking you not to be bullied. It's gonna get you bullied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, all the things we've heard about this Ferrari car all year to date has been, oh, we've had some very clever fixes for our issues last year. <laughs> and I think they were actually hoping that the development they had in this fuel flow last year they were going to be allowed to use for this year. And now that the FIA has released this, state, this joint statement saying we've reached an agreement, that tells me they're not allowed to use that this year. And Ferraris, they put all their eggs in one basket yeah. in the design floor and they're they're going to be shit. Yeah, they they're too not, far down that road. Yeah. They might not just be third. They could be genuinely battling for seventh and eighth and fifth and sixth in wow in the pecking order this year. Anyway, anyway, there you Remember go. Remember that time when last time I said McLaren could be third? Yep, 
<laughs> just going to sit here in my uh, yeah. my well, knowledge that that's going to happen. Red Bull for second, so your logic was flawed, though, Jim. You said, "Oh, they're going to make great dreams on the on track. They're going to be amazing. They're going to make up." Yeah, that well, they, one have, they will make great gains if Ferrari drop back. That's a gain, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, let's Lando not get caught coming. up. Let's not get <laughs> caught up with who's more correct than who. It's just the fact that I am and <laughs> McLaren's going to come third this year. <laughs> you were wrong. You uh, said McLaren right, well, were going to get better. To, Ferrari going to well, get look, worse. We're going to. We are. Let's not go too deep into the technicality of testing because there is plenty to read upon if you if you need to do that. But we guys, yeah. we have to talk about Mercedes and, and this DAS and what yeah. was day two. And I was watching a live stream of it. Yeah, so uh, was I. And and what and the moment where Lewis actually did it and the two took commentators went, off. Uh, cra- Oh, he meant that. <laughs> Did, did he just move his steering wheel? And I love what, it because what? in every yeah. James Allison is probably sitting there just clapping his hands and just going, this is great, mainly for the reactions that are going on around the grid. And because he'd already been in conversation with the FIA about what could actually happen. But more yeah. importantly, and Campy, maybe you can explain what DAS is in just a moment, but more importantly, this is technology that can only exist in 2020. It cannot exist in 2021. So this shows yeah. how intent Mercedes are at winning each year. They do not throw things out and going, oh, it doesn't matter. We, we're going to focus on 2021, which I think is incredible. Campy, can you give us a bit of an overview of, of what DAS actually is and, mm-hmm. and the kind of benefits that it, it can give Lewis and Valtteri? Well, it's the dual axis system. So, however they do it, what essentially what it does is you move, you physically move the driving, the the steering wheel forward and backwards, mm-hmm. and it changes the toe angle of the tires on the car. Now, the toe angle is is just if you, your your tires are on a on a camber, so they're on an angled and they're, they're not gen- upright. Straight. They're, they're not. They don't sit flat on the ground. So what this what this DAS does is change that toe angle so that the tyres are flatter. Now, they do say, we when it first came out and I was watching live, they were saying, oh, it could have some aerodynamic performance. But what we've actually heard and all the analysis we've read afterwards is that actually when, the, when there's more of a face on the ground for the tyre, it actually... It's going to help with tyre wear and warming up of mm-hmm. tyres and keeping the, yeah. keeping the tyres in... It's not burning them out as much. It's keeping them in that optimum range to use it when they use it. Yeah, that was that was Mercedes' problem all of last year managing the tires. Totally. So, so if you think about in a corner, there's a lot more pressure on and essentially a weight on the car pushing the tire flatter yeah, and more, more into the fear. ground. There's yep. more of a force. There's more force pushing it down, so you will get more surface area of tire. But when you're on a straight and you're going, you don't want that. You want limited amount of force, and you want to be able to just not ruin your tyres. So the point is that they can change this depending on the part of the track, conditions, qualifying, all those kind of things to maximise tyre, like efficiency for tyre wear and get the absolute most out of them. And the benefits is, is the flatter the tyre on the straight, the more aerodynamic is, the more yep. the more like uh, relatable temperature yeah. you can get around the whole tyre, whereas in a corner, that's bad. You totally. don't want that. Yep. So, yep. And good, mate, good on Mercedes. They, totally. They've been pushing innovation since this turbo hybrid era. Yeah. Like I don't think we've ever seen in in the sport. I mean, you could argue that Ferrari, what they did in the early 2000s with Schumacher, but yep. what they're doing and continually pushing themselves and coming up with these workarounds yep. is incredible. And it shows in the pace. Valtteri's lap, fastest lap in testing, not you're going to lead into lap times, was three-tenths off his pole lap 
from last year. That you can incredible. read into. Yeah, that incredible. you can read into probably with 60 or 70 kilos of fuel in it. Exactly. That Merc yeah. this year could genuinely be a second and a half, two seconds faster than what it was last year. records are all around, I reckon. So the thing is here, because a couple of teams are going to try and obviously knock this out, if – uh, if Mercedes can maintain that this is a steering adjustment and not a suspension adjustment, it's fine. It's, if it's deemed to be suspension related, it's illegal. So this is the technicality. But the way the sport it's, it's works interesting, is, isn't it? Yeah. The, the way they, the way this sport works is that the FIA actually has for every team an individual liaison between the two, so that when they're looking at all the research and development and the upgrades for cars the conversations are always had with the liaison between the FIA and the team. So these conversations would have been going on for years and obviously that liaison's turned around and said, well, from what you're telling me and the conversations I've had with the FIA, it's working. We're all good. And if it's on the car for testing, guarantee it's going to be on there for the rest of the year. Red Bull's the only team to kick up a bit of a stink. Classic Horner. What a surprise, yeah. (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) Every other team, and this is interesting, every other team that's spoken about it has been good on them. Genuinely yeah. congratulatory to Mercedes. Yep. Have said good on them. And I boy Danny Rick has said the same thing as well. Let's also not yeah. forget, though, that the W11 has a lot more than just DAS. And I don't know if you boys saw, but the rear suspension setup for this car yep. is incredibly different to every other car on the grid. Yep. There is. I mean, so you've, there is so much more downforce now in in the ability for this car to go around corners, but also, and I love James Allison because he's, he's, when he when he got onto the, the press conference to talking to Will Buxton about what was going on, he's like, yes, it's the, there's so much more, like the DAS is one thing, but there's so much more that's gone into this car and changing it that you can't see that I am excited about. And that includes that, but also like the power unit is, because we knew last year that Merck's suffered behind other cars, right? It really failed to cool yeah. efficiently com- compared to if it was leading the race, fine. Yep. This year is a more compact design, which means there's, there's an easier ability to call the car. It can run at a higher temperature. So even if it does find itself behind another car, even with the, the limited disruption to airflow and everything else that they're trying to do this year, this car is just going to be an absolute phenomenon. I think we're going yep. to see a lot of lap records this year smashed by the W11, either by Valtteri or by Lewis, just because of James Allison being incredibly clever with how he and his team have designed this car. I'm, I'm actually really excited. This year, I think there there is obviously 21. There's a lot of changes to go on, but Mercedes have done a hell of a lot. Someone who hasn't done a hell of a lot compared to last year is Racing Point, who has just copied the Mercedes from 2019, <laughs> the W10, and made it the uh, the RP, whatever it's called now, yeah. before it becomes... Um, They're going to get done Stroll, Stroll Martin. Are we sure <laughs> Mr. Stroll didn't buy a 27% stake in Mercedes and not Aston Martin? Jeez. He could have done both. Yeah. Why not have both, mate? But look, I think... The shape looks very similar. The racing point technical director came out there and said, "Look, we've worked exceptionally hard over, you know, this, the summer break, winter break, whatever well, it is, compared to where we are look, in the world. Well, look summer at break some for photos us. Photos from last year and copied it. <laughs> we, we found some. But that's what he said. He's like, we, we have the access. We have access to everything else, like the other teams do in terms of photos. It's like, well, you can see that because it is exactly the same nose. Uh, Did you yeah. just walk down in Abu Dhabi and pinched one of the front wings from Mercedes <laughs> and just, just brought it one. down and go, oh, 
Oh, well, that's a shame. Or maybe in so Germany, when, you know, when <laughs> when Lewis last year was, oh, we'll, just ha- yeah, we'll help you guys. We'll take that to the rubbish for you. Not <laughs> take it to our own design <laughs> tent. But Racing Point, and I said, Campy, you and I spoke about this last week. Racing Point posted some incredible times around Barcelona this time around. And not only that, it was Lance Stroll who was posting some good times as well. I mean, I think in the last day of testing, he was on um, the C4 or C5 compound, which is the medium yellow stripe tire. He came third fastest uh, with two cars in front of him on the red stripe and many other cars behind him. Now we don't, you know, testing times don't really matter and everything else. And yes, he can sandbag and whatever it doesn't mean. But this is the first time in recent history, at least, that this team, the Force India, the Racing Point Sport Pisa, Jordan, whatever it is, bloody called now Aston Martin, actually looks good. So much yeah. so that for my F1 fantasy team, I've put Sergio Perez in there because I'm Oof. thinking this dude's going to – he is tenacious behind the wheel. If he has a car that he can qualify that little bit faster than that, the the you know, the mid-pack of the McLarens and uh, Renaults and AlphaTauris and everyone else, he might be pushing for fourth as in the overall constructors with a car like this, because there's nothing wrong with the W10 Mercedes. They looked, they looked good. But the reason that W10 Mercedes was so good was because it had things like hydraulic suspension. The aero on that car last year wasn't that great. So, mm. you know, and we know that from the way that cooling and tyres and stuff, we just discussed all that. But we know the car wasn't as good as... What went like there was better chassis. The yeah. Ferrari was probably a better. Oh, sorry, the the Red Bull's always a better chassis. The McLaren was probably a better chassis, yep. but their engines been the real driving point and the little things like the hydraulic suspension. But yes, <laughs> yes, it's Stroll pinker, Racing Point, basically. whatever that car looks good, and the Alpha Tauri looks quick. It does, doesn't it? And. <laughs> I, lo- I actually really love that it's a bit different to the Red Bull. So they're sticking with different suspension concepts, which is really cool. I think we're going to see very, very different. I think they're obviously going to test different things throughout the year between two teams. But it seems like they're actually not a junior team anymore. They're, they're a fully-fledged their own team, which is really good to see. And I love that, Campy. That was your point last time, the sister team, right? You know, that's Dietrich's got out there and said there is no junior team anymore. It's I've got two teams in Formula One. They're both as competitive as each other. And hopefully that means that, you know, and I love that. I love that they look different. I love that the arrow, especially the nose, because the nose is the easiest thing to look at, looks different. And I tell you what, that watching that car drive around Barcelona, it is a good-looking bloody car. That livery is super nice. Yeah, I think it's my favourite for the year, I think. Yeah, it'd want to be good looking because it's got to fit your trench coat and all those things as well. So, <laughs> well. <laughs> to quote to quote Carlos Sainz, <laughs> where's the boot well, in this thing? You can you just can you just hold my shopping <laughs> in the, <laughs> the 720s that I'm parked outside bloody Marks and Spencers doing the shopping? Love that. I can, yeah. Love that. I can tell you this: that clothing brand, fashion label, whatever he wants yeah. to call it. Is nothing in comparison to what they Red Bull energy drinkers on the world on the world scale. Oh, yeah. Well, not with that attitude, he hopes, he hopes to grow it, but mate, he should come and see me for some clothing designs, and I'll, I'll put him on the right track. I reckon. <laughs> black t shirts and and dark green beanies. Uh, beanies. Camp, campy by Alpha no. Alpha Tori. No, no, it brings out my Tauri. However, however we pronounce it. <laughs> hey, talking about. Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say talking about Ferrari-powered cars and someone who's probably still bashing his head against the Good wall. Good segue. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great segue. It's just thinking I just can't get out of my mind that I really want him to go to Ferrari. But Haas, 
Obviously, yeah. uh, oh. Mr. William Story is nowhere around uh, this year. That would have, Campy, that would have been your favourite part of Drive to Survive was seeing William Story with his stupid beard and he his... He looked like uh, a relative his, of yours. He, it actually oh. was Campy uh, yeah. with, in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look at that. Mate, the goal's, a bit, the goal's a bit of a knob. Let's face it. <laughs> A bit. <laughs> mate, he's sponsoring the Haas F1 team. They're not You're the talking greatest. about yourself, mate. Careful. They're not, the, they're not the greatest F1 team on the grid, but he decides to roll into their launch in a in a helicopter thinking he's James Bond. <laughs> he gets, it wasn't a good start, was it? I mean, look, I, we don't and know. Was late. We, we, we know a lot of things allegedly went on within that company last year, but I... Everything I've sort of read on it since the fact has been that this guy was probably a crook and he was probably... <laughs> probably Allegedly. Pro- allegedly, yeah. <laughs> probably didn't really. Had You've some taken ties my advice on well, young Padawan. I'm very impressed. <laughs> had some ties to some shady underworld figures. and Allegedly. Yeah, Allegedly. That's why Williams. That's why Williams never went with them. I think, yeah, I, I think, which is funny because Williams looked like they wanted any money oh, they could find. Oh, and then they turned that down. But yeah, Netflix it says a lot of, when that's happening, though. Let's be fair. Yeah. But how's, how's William Story? He gets up there and he says, "Oh, we're cancelling our contract with the Hass F1 team because, because they've been they, they should be on par with Red Bull." <laughs> I'm sitting there going, mate, your product is nowhere near on par with anything. No one can find it. <laughs> no one can buy your bloody drink, pal. Your company tax record stated that you made a profit of like eighteen hundred dollars for twenty seventeen and eighteen. Nice. But he's rolling around in a, a uh, yeah. Look, let's move on. He's a bit of a dick. But <laughs> no, I mean- gave him a shot last year. I really, I thought, mate, this guy's gonna be a breath of fresh air. Yeah. F one. It's ha- it's good to have somebody outside of the system that doesn't appear to be a yeah. certain way. I don't know anything about the guy. I'm sure he's the lovely dude. I'm sure he got shafted with the minor shareholders within his business yeah, allegedly. Surely, surely, surely. But- um, yeah, it was a shame how all that played out. I think the Haas' biggest problem, and we kind of saw that in the next Netflix um, series, was that they're buying so many off-the-shelf parts that they're struggling yep. to actually get anything to work on track, and they can't get it out of their own ways. Like none of the drivers had confidence in the engineers. The engineers don't have confidence in the drivers. Gunter's in the middle, going, "Bloody hell, can you all sort it out and get on the same page?" Well, I had that Japanese engin- head engineer, yeah. and I know there's some cultural. There's some cultural things in the way that the Japanese do business. I know that McLaren and Honda really struggled with it because the Japanese way is to, or the, like, culturally is not to have any any type of disagreement anyway. And then you've got Gunter. And it's all about the way that... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, yeah. If you don't so, sort this so, out, if you don't so sort this I out, wonder, I'm going to make some big changes <laughs> pointing I wonder at him. if behind some closed doors there might have been some cultural issues. Yeah. But, that engineer didn't look like he was. He was. He didn't look. I don't, I don't know nothing about him, but he didn't look like he was handling it or taking it in his stride nah. the way he probably should be. So in terms of, and I may be reading too far into it. He looked the same way as Paddy Lowe did the way he was interact. Paddy Lowe was oh, interacting. Paddy Lowe with looked like Williams. a deer in headlights with no ability to talk to anyone or lead anything else. He should be with him. <laughs> he and Bonotto can go and create their own team in like DTM or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> they can go to Formula E. Bugger go to off. Formula E, well, mate. Where no one cares. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so Haas, though, with lo- looking out of testing, is there anything that's really stood out to you guys? Didn't really for me, and I think they're going to spend a lot of time you know, in the first couple of races going, yeah, well, this is a really great car. And then for the rest of the year going, oh, <laughs> we last well, again. This is the thing. So we, they definitely qualify well, but then they couldn't cool their engine. They could not 
hang on to tyres. They had a great car for what two laps for a warm up and a qualifying lap, and then it was <laughs> yeah. useless. Yeah, yeah. and so testing doesn't really show whether or not that will actually look any different for this year. Yeah. So only time will tell for them. So McLaren, McLaren have uh, new numbers on their car. They've gone retro, the, and the delivery looks bloody delicious. I will say, Carlos. And Lando, I mean, a good pairing for this year, potential again to come third, especially if Ferrari drop all the way back. But did they You're look strong in testing? You're drinking that pal. No. You are on. Jeez. I'm in. If, I, if I had the money to buy a supercar tomorrow, I would buy a McLaren without even thinking about it. <laughs> you are fully fledged papaya. Let me just You're have in. some more of my Kool-Aid. Hang on. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so delicious. Maybe we should have Hopefully some papaya and gin, for Tommy. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm really liking McLaren. I think we, again, back to the Netflix series, we saw Zach Brown came out and said, we didn't have a good car, which is big to say, but then they followed it up with what we've just watched in the previous season with a really competitive car. I think they're back on the right track. I mean, just in time for regulations to change, but they've got a really good driver lineup. Looks like they've got a solid team and then they're about to go to a Mercedes engine. I think... I don't know. It could go either way this year. I think it's it's either they're consolidating and just cutting their losses this year and they're focusing on next year or they're going to double down and go very, very, very hard this year and try and get um, but a it's, lot of podiums. I don't think it's necessarily about the, the physical vehicle for 2019 and 20. I think coming out of 2018, what they really needed to do was change how they did business. And when Zach moved into the CEO role and out of the the team chief and they put Andreas Seidel in there. Andreas has done these huge changes, but hasn't necessarily been wanting to stand out the front going, Hey, look at me guys. Look, I'm not doing an amazing job. And I just think the, the system changes and the process changes that he's made over the last year has, have made a huge difference. So when it comes to 2021, they're going to be as, as good, if not better, especially with the Mercedes power unit, which you'd expect them to be working on that car right now. I think that'd be a really good, uh, Good job comparison for your flying self, Jim. <laughs> Just go unnoticed in the background. Instead <laughs> of being in the front. No attention at all. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, all right. Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Alfa Romeo Racing did uh, some interesting stuff this year. And we spoke about it the last – well, we spoke about the last podcast. It, um, a lot of the, the time in the seat wasn't by the two actual drivers. Robert Kubica jumping in and, and taking some sessions as well and, and posting some really what's, good times as well. What's the story with Kubica and Alpha? Uh, I've completely missed it. I don't understand why he was driving in testing. What's, yeah, he's Campy, a reserve Campy, driver, but that's – yeah. what's written on yeah. the side of the car? Got no idea. Okay, well, the new Alfa Romeo livery has O-R-L-E-N written down the side of the car in massive right. letters. Mm. Right. Who brought that sponsor? <laughs> He's back on board. He's nodding. Right. Oh, so yeah. the reason so why he has it is because Orlean would have said, yeah. Robert's going to have some driving time. Thank you. It wouldn't surprise me if Giovinazzi was swapped out or subbed out for a race this year for Robert, honestly, and... Russia. Nah, I reckon Kimmy will take a race off after the mid-season break. <laughs> <laughs> just extend his holiday. It's just a hobby. It's just a hobby for him anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to. I could give it away. Or, 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 He's ridiculous. I love him. But oh, I, it's interesting though. Kimmy. It's the only the only team that has done that, and obviously we love Robert. And last year was an, just an absolute disaster for for him and William. So it's nice to see him in a car that is going to be closer towards the centre of the mid pack. Even though it looks like Williams this year will be right in the middle of the 
mid-pack because they've done some really big changes, which is great. But anyway, so yes, new sponsorship. Money always talks louder. Is he a better driver than Giovinazzi? I think so. And uh, he and Kimi yeah. would just be great because they'd be a room, they'd sit together, they wouldn't say anything, they'd get in the car, they'd have a great time, they'd smash everything out and they'd go home <laughs> respectively to Finland and Poland, big hole together and just get on with it. Um, Red Bull yeah. Racing, obviously uh, this is a big year for them because as we've spoken about and more seriously than McLaren, um, Ferrari is going to drop off. So they'd be aiming for first, of course, but probably happy with second, noting just how advanced the Mercedes and the W11 is this year. Albon would have been pushing a lot of simulated time and, and really getting his head into the game. Max obviously yeah. signing for a little bit longer, which means he's in Red Bull for uh, another couple of years into the next season uh, and regulations for 2021. Do you think, there's a lot more of an opportunity for these guys to get ahead with smarter strategies and pit stops and everything else against Mercedes this year, Campy, or do you think this is really just a they are fighting for second and against Ferrari? Oh, I think the good thing for Red Bull, because we're seeing how bad Ferrari have performed to date, and you can't always read into it. They might come out and light the world on fire. We don't know, but uh, they'll be fighting for podiums every week. They'll yeah. have the second best car on the grid, so they'll be realistically fighting for third and fourth every weekend. All it takes is, I mean, Mercedes aren't a one-two all year. Gives the opportunity for Max and Albon particularly. I think it's more important for Albon to get podiums early yep, than absolutely. it is later. Yep. Yep. Um, if, if they can line up together and get a lot of points as a, as a tandem, they could take constructors and Lewis might win the championship as a driver. They might split. I don't think it'll be a constructor's oh, Isn't this year, that maybe. an interesting oh, point? Tommy, Tommy T. throwing T. it out. So even the predictions time. I mean, I, lo- I love that. You've you've well, body think- shocked both Campy and I at the same time as well. I love it. <laughs> no, Tommy T finally arrived. Twenty-four <laughs> podcast later, <laughs> showed up with some <laughs> cojones and he said something. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> Something that Love actually it. people no. listen to because no one listens to Campy. But thank you. <laughs> no, I think it could be interesting if they can get Albon to where they want him and they're maybe going 2-3 with Bottas in fourth maybe or fifth. Like they could start racking up some points early on and they might run away with that constructors because I think that's pretty important to them. Maybe not that. so much as an individual. I think Max will want it, but whether he's got it to actually beat Lewis every other race... I don't know. Again, we because just need to see how, how quick this Merck is this year. Yeah. I mean, if we go off testing and we know Merck don't, they don't show all their, no one really shows all their cards. Yeah. But if you look at last year, we thought Merck were all way back and look how they came out. Yeah. I don't think they went into testing any different this year. No. no. So, I if you get in Bottas's head, Bottas's head early, I think he'll check out of the season, to be honest. I, yeah, I think, I think you're if right. he's not if he's not level or pretty close with Lewis after about five six races about Monaco, I reckon he'll just tail off. Hey, Bottas has to play the psychological game this year. Yeah, I've said it we've last seen week. it before. He just taps he out. has to come out in press conference and say the pressure's on Lewis, mm. and he's crumbling under this pressure. Personally, he's fallen apart. They're the things he needs to say and create division in the team for him to win. Now he's Bottas he's not that is, kind of person though, is he? <laughs> no. Mate. I reckon he is. Okay. I hope so. I hope he is. I hope, yeah. Nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The Finns are a great race of people. I want him to turn into the new Mika. Come on. Great human beings over there. They could not give a shit about anyone. 
anyone else, particularly Lewis Hamilton, six-time world champion. Oh, I hope Bottas goes for the jugular in that area. Yeah. Well, at least the is hope, he's managed by Mika Hakkinen, so maybe Mika can get in his ear and say it. But let's be honest, yeah. he's, he, he's how, not. That's how Rosberg took it off him. Uh, yeah. You know. It's yeah, a and he drove well, right. too. Bit of luck. Yeah, it's all look, Lewis, Bottas, so. Lewis is, has been better than all of his teammates and Rosberg, you're absolutely right. That was a bit of a mind game, but he was always a better driver than Nico. And I just don't think this is the year for Valtteri. I mean, Lewis is coming off the back of six world champions and this is his year to equal Schumacher because he doesn't know what 2021 holds and the the playing field will then be level. He is going to come at this harder than anything else and go, I'm going to bloody take this seventh. Mate, he knows what 2021 holds and it's a 368 million pound contract for the year. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Going back to Red Bull, the one thing that I saw, and again, Campy, you and I spoke about this last week, was... Max Verstappen spinning a hell of a lot. And there was a lot of very good excuses given out by the commentators for yeah. when Max spun. As soon as Seb Vettel spun, everyone's like, oh, look at his inability to drive this yeah, jerk. He, does he doesn't even deserve a seat. That's so funny. Though. But it's like, oh, you know, Max is just pushing the limit. Seb's an idiot. The interesting, <laughs> the, the, I mean. The interesting thing about those spins, because I went and had a look at the, the timing data, uh, they're all in Q3, and Q3 is representative of low downforce. Okay. Now, the speeds in which that Red Bull was going compared to the Ferrari was about, on average, about four and a half tenths quicker in the third sector, Ooh. which is – sorry, was it four and a half, three and a half? Anyway, that is an astronomical I love it when you get your facts so, right. <laughs> I love it. Well – we, mate, we do a podcast. Half of them are made up anyway. So. <laughs> Welcome to OzF1 where the um, facts are made up and the points don't matter. No, I think I read that on autosport.com. I That's think. reliable source. That'll do. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, anyway. anyway, so I think genuinely Red Bull was pushing pretty hard yeah. in that third sector. Um, I don't think Ferrari... Ferrari will weigh off the pace. Well, I've just heard that Ferrari's... That's just, that's just what Seb does. Ferrari's been slow through all the speed <laughs> traps, apparently. Like, they're not pushing any top speeds. But, yeah, no, I, anyway. I think you're right. Like, you're, you're very right, actually. Like, if Seb spins, it's, oh, he's useless. If Max spins, oh, he's pushing the limit. Like, pushing very, limits. Very yeah. All I'm saying is times would suggest... That's what. Yeah, we know you love Max. It's okay. Relax. All right, just relax, Campy. How's that second tattoo going for you? All right, let's 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 talk about Max alone. Let's talk about Renault. Let's talk about our boy and uh, the newbie. One of the very few people who uh, who has returned ever to the sport in Esteban Ocon jumping into the car. They were pretty even in terms of testing and their timings. They sort of swapped who topped the charts, and I think they were just trying to figure out their car. Uh, the interesting thing for Renault this time around is the rear wing looks a lot different to, to everyone else. Uh, and I think you might have seen that image on Instagram, boys, if, if you were there looking at it. But it just looks like it potentially throws up a little bit more dirty air behind it than what the other cars do. So is the tactic then <laughs> we know we're going to be behind other cars. Let's try and disrupt <laughs> people behind us uh, rather than trying to attack the people in front. But I just don't have a great feeling for Renault this year. What, what are your thoughts? I, I don't have a great feeling because this is why. Last year I said that Renault and Ferrari fundamentally went down the same design path. Low drag, yeah. I am worried that Renault couldn't turn it round enough mm. from last year to this year to figure it out because 
the two new key technical directors that they've got at Renault are basically come in and they're finishing other people's designs, mm. which says yeah, to me, came on late, didn't they? and it came on late. Now I am really worried that Renault could possibly drop to the back of the midfield, probably not behind Williams, probably not behind Alfa Romeo, but I, I, I'm, they looked fairly competitive, but we just don't know what they were doing. Yeah, you just you'd hope they've made some strides and figured it out, but well, I didn't see a lot different with the car to last year, other than the front end. So, what, what, what were mm. the biggest problems last year? Reliability was huge. Mm. That was the big thing. Like a lot of races, they DNF'd or they ended up with some problems and they had to retire or whatever. Like strategy, terrible strategies. Um, but they were great on those low drag tracks like Ferrari were, but they struggled. But I think you're right. If they haven't turned it around quick enough, they're going to double down on last year's design with tweaks as opposed to a fundamentally new concept. But now we're having the same conversation that we had about Ferrari, and you know, yeah. I'm worried. I'd- There's a lot of parallels between the Renault and the Ferrari, I think. From what I saw of AlphaTauri and the William, uh, the Racing Point, they look quick all the time. They now, look like they've improved on last year. Insane that I didn't hear a lot about Renault over the course of testing. They're keeping it quiet, and let's hope that it's not relative at all. But I'm more concerned about AlphaTauri and the uh, Racing Point jumping above yep. mm-hmm. the Renault this year. Yep. that it's a genuine concern yeah. for me. I, look, Danny Rick's getting a good paycheck. And it was probably Did, a good couple of years to build the bank balance, but get out of there as soon as you can, son. It's not yeah, well, let's be honest. It's, it's definitely not going to be Renault for him for next year. But I talking about the, those other three teams, I mean, look, the Renault obviously has a very skinny nose this year. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. So it looks like yeah. the low drag is still their philosophy. The, the blade. The, Willi- <laughs> like the Williams blade. The Williams looks <laughs> bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> They made, uh, a, they made a trilogy of movies about that. <laughs> the Blade trilogy. You're an idiot. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Oz F1. If it's your first time listening, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, <laughs> My point was going to be the Williams looks quick this year and George Russell is dog at a bone for, for something. Latifi, we can just forget about him for this year. I mean, no one really cares. that He's a, he's a money driver and he didn't, he didn't even yeah. win F2 last year. This nah, is a car that impressed. A looks incredible and B is actually driving well. From the reports, it looked like the balance mm. was pretty good. It was it was in the same sort of timings as Alpha Tauri, which is, you know, okay, yes, again, you can probably yep. throw that all out. But we might potentially see Renault doing a McLaren in 2017, which genuinely yeah. concerns me. Yep. No, I think, Maybe. I mean, we, we saw a little bit of light onto like the woes of Williams the previous couple of years. But hopefully they've um, they've managed to figure it out now, and they've got a bit more consistency. If you actually look at that the um, the footage from Williams, you can see in the bushes outside Campy waiting to be asked to come in and and take over from Claire Williams to run the show. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Williams' story, but it is in fact Campy uh, standing there waiting <laughs> to, to come in. I uh, see I see you drop gin and coffee off at my house, mate. You just <laughs> look in the window. <laughs> Patty Lowe. <laughs> Patty Lowe, though. Definitely the wrong person. Like, again, zero oh. leadership, comes in, abuses the engineers because he's got a camera behind oh. him. And the engineers are like, can you piss off, mate? Like, who are you? <laughs> I just love oh, that just did not go well for look, him at all. Look, engineers are highly intelligent. They're a bit socially awkward anyway. I wouldn't read too far in it. I think uh. the whole Williams, 
organisation is a shit show at the best of time. <laughs> what do you really think? I think they're a shit show. <laughs> At the end of the day, the bucks stops with Claire's brother would do a much better oh, job. Oh, let go of it. Mate, ask Juan Pablo it, Montoya mate. about it. Juan Pablo said the problem with Williams is that Frank gave it to the wrong child. How many and world championships did Juan pre- Pablo Montoya win? He predicted that as soon as he <laughs> left Williams. And look where we're at now. I'm, not, sure, I'm not all sure it's Paddy Lowe's fault. <laughs> Look, it could be money problems. The good, the, way, is, the good news is, the good news is, one is the only podcast on Formula One in the whole world that is actually willing to rag on people and give you our honest, truthful opinions. <laughs> We're outside of the sport. I'm not on the grid wall. I'll speak for myself. I'm not. On the, I'm going to rag on absolutely everyone. <laughs> this is unfiltered. Cammy doesn't have filters. Let's be honest. The good news is, if no, we ever dis- if we ever get media passes to go to any race ever, we can guarantee one hundred percent the Cammy will not be allowed onto any track ever. <laughs> so, Tommy no, T, I, I look forward to traveling. Half the grid hate him. Yeah, uh, that's true. But Jim, one problem with Toyo, mate. I'm sorry, the dude is going and coaching in the Lance Ross Stroll. Everybody All right, loves no. <laughs> Come on. You're an idiot. How are you're you even qu- – you're quoting Juan Pablo Montoya, the dude is just soaking money from Lawrence Stroll to coach his son. Just get off it, mate, really. Anyway, Patty Lowe, see you later. Done. Alpha Towery looks really good this year. That's what we've said. Gasly, he's he's been set up as the hero from Netflix. Everyone's going to be feeling sorry for him. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does this year. We can 100% guarantee that he's never, ever, ever getting back into a Red Bull factory seat, though. Yeah. Let's – you know, uh, and the same with Danny Kivyat. Way off him. Yep, I think so, so. These two guys. This is the only Red Bull team they're going to go to unless they decide to jump out and and across Williams. As I said, I think they look good. Latifi, yeah, whatever. Uh, but Racing Point, again, and I said this up top. I'm I'm interested to see how they perform, and I am interested in Checo. You know, it's. When we were ragging on him or ragging on Racing Point for for signing Checo for such a long period of time, he must have been looking at the 2020 car in 2021 and going, don't you reckon this is has me in a situation like Hockenheim when everyone else has lost the plot completely and the major teams are crushed out, an opportunity to Wait, stand you, on a podium? Well, you change your mind every week. <laughs> <laughs> every week. Last week you were ragging on him. Yeah, I still don't like him. My point is that it's a quick car. <laughs> and yeah, he no, would be looking at it going, I actually reckon this is going to be a quick car too. That's my point. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like him. I don't like Racing look, Point's look. driver lineup at all. But the dude is not a, not an idiot and he is a, yeah. a fairly decent driver. And, you know, he's not a Class A, but he's this is a, not a Class a, a team. Guy. C plus. I'll give him a C plus. <laughs> all right. No, I'll accept that. Yeah, B minus, C plus. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll settle there. I'll average man myself. But the dude is going to be driving for an for Aston Martin as a works team. Like he's actually got a pretty well made after for twenty twenty one two and three. Like the, yeah, he'd be he'd be the envy of a lot of people, including Hulkenberg, right now. Yeah, in the same yep. era of F one drivers. Yep. All right. Well, that's everyone, isn't it? I think we've it, we've covered the uh, the grid. It's going to be interesting. Let's put some bloody put some words into the air and Let's, some thoughts on paper. James and, to go first. Yeah, because last year I re-listened to the original podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty average. It's better a, than I thought. That is a place in history <laughs> I'm not returning to. It exists. <laughs> I'm going to go back. <laughs> that is terrible. I'm going to well, delete it, so no one is. James has to, asked Campy for his 
recommend his predictions and then bloody doesn't give his own. He just yes. snakes away like a politician. Sweet yes, good. Sweet good. Good. <laughs> good for me. All right, James, All right. Give, us, give us your constructor, your driver, and your top three. Okay, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me at least that Mercedes will come away with the constructor's championship again and Lewis Hamilton will take a seventh world championship. If only just from looking at the technical developments that James Allison and his team have worked on in pre-season testing. So I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. I think that the driver that's going to surprise us the most this year, and I like that as a question, uh, I, I really think... Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. Me. I really think that George Russell is is gonna step up right into the mid pack. I think if the car right. can be as oh. quick as the other cars, he will be oh. able to jump across. Just so can't be settle the hell down. All right, you'll have your <laughs> it's chance. It's a good call for most improved when you were in the bullshit. <laughs> when you were nineteenth, it's pretty easy to improve. Yeah, you might go for seventeenth. <laughs> uh, I think, I think rivalry wise, Ocon is going to be looking to to. Tramp Danny Rick and get nowhere near. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how his personality can uh, can react to that. Um, but certainly Max is going to be pushing as hard as he can. So Max is a better driver than Valtteri. We might see him further ahead just based on his ability to get past other cars and brake late. And if the Red Bull is as good as it has been in previous years, then potentially he can do that with a faster power unit thanks to Honda's development last year. So I think the best rivalry is I just want to see Max towards the front, which will make Campy happy so he can get off my back. Um, Most improved, yep. I think Williams and George Russell. George Russell not from an improved point of view, but certainly just because the car will actually deliver him into the mid-pack. My driver of the year, obviously, is Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, I don't even need to think about that. Team of the year, I really, I really want McLaren to be up in the in the Papaya Kool Aid Brigade of, of third. So that for me is going to be Kool Aid Brigade. <laughs> uh, and I think the race that I'm really looking forward to is, and probably one that maybe we don't always think of immediately, but Azerbaijan is always a bit of a hoot when it comes to massively long straights, really tight technical sections and just not a hell of a lot of room. Obviously we saw Danny Rick and Max have that huge crash in 2018 and mm. it can really cause a lot of things. I think that's a, a good all round track just to see how everyone is, is tracking, yeah. but Mons yeah. is my favorite track of the year. Um, and two bold predictions. Uh, I think, Oh, I think Haas will perform better than anyone's expecting. That's a bold prediction that I know is going to be wrong, but I'm just going to be bold, bold with it. Really bold from you. In Melbourne. And <laughs> in in Melbourne. And, and I, think, I think Sergio Perez is going to be on the podium twice. Wow. wow. Bold predictions. I love this. All right. Damn. Well, this is all recorded now, so you can't oh, go back on it. Tommy, you are up. All righty. Championship, I think... The driver is going to be Lewis. Yeah. I think Constructs is going to be Red Bull. That's And that counts as one of my bold predictions as well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, fair. <laughs> um, best rivalry, I think it's going to be the Alpha Tauri boys. I think we're going to see very interesting racing all year, very competitive. Who wants to assert some domination? I think Pierre might pip. Nah, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah so I'm this t- is yeah, what I'm saying. I'm with you, Tommy. the best rivalry. I'd go yeah. with the Russian. 
Not you with French. <laughs> Consistent, love it. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> um, most improved team, can it be Haas? Because they were shit last year. Makes sense. Yeah, makes oh, sense. You know, you know I have a soft spot for Haas and yeah. I'd like to see yeah. them do well. I really like Gunter. Yeah. I like that they're a new market and American team. So that's I'll go those guys for most right. improved. We'll Driver that. of the year. Oh, man. It's got to be Danny Rick, obviously. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh don't, I don't know. Don't know how yeah, I feel Danny about Rick. it, but yeah, okay, good, thanks. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> team of the year. I'm gonna say Red Bull. If they win the constructors, like I'm predicting, they've got to be team of the year. Yeah, okay. best race. Oh, oh I want to say Zanvoort, but I don't think it's going to be That's that great. Why, to be honest, be that, that right. banking. Yeah. Did you guys see that vision of Max the other day going around the banking? Yeah, 18 degrees. It looked really cool, but is that enough to make it a great race? Nope, it should be more. It should be a higher it's banking angle. It should be more. It should be 45. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tipping that'll be almost as bad as Imola. <laughs> well, we could see... <laughs> we could see Grosjean hit the sun if he launches up there. Jeez. Very interesting. Best race... I'm, I'm, I love Monaco. I think that could be a very interesting race this year, especially with the competitive cars at the top. Okay. Two bold predictions. We've already had one of mine. I think the other one might be that two drivers will not finish the season. I think they'll be kicked Ooh. out before the end of the season. Oh, okay. Are you going to say which two? I'm not going to say who. Yeah. I think that's not I very bold. Giovinazzi's a chance. And I'll, that's it. I don't know who else. <laughs> Right, jeez. Well, we didn't have much mid-season change last year. I reckon two changes in the season is big. All right. I haven't seen mid-season changes for a hey, long it's, time. Hey, it's, it's bold predictions, right? So that's that's it's good. Bold predictions. That's bold good. Predictions. All right, all right. Campy. Championship driver right. and team for twenty twenty. Campy. Lewis is going to win the drivers. Mercedes are going to win the constructors. Best rivalry is going to be Leclerc Vettel. Oh, I reckon that's just going to. It's going to. That is going to. That is going to deteriorate, and we are going to see some. Who are you tipping to win? Who's going to come out on top? This is like our version of the Kardashians this year. (laughs) Absolute (laughs) trash. Wow, do you even know that show exists? That's a good Mate, reference well, from you. I've never seen it, but I presume it's oh, like all the other trash. That- sure. Watch this space. Oh. C- C- Campy will be dating a Kardashian before the end of the season. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Something you don't be sound too unhappy about, to be honest. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, Talking about things deteriorating imp- quickly. I think the most improved driver is going to be... It's hard, isn't it's it? It's a tough one. I'm going to go with Albon. Okay, that's good. Cool. Okay. T- well, if he hits a podium a couple of well, times. If the Red Bull's good, that's my logic behind it. I think, yep. he'll, I, I, I think he might have a contract for 2021, which I hate to say, but I think he will. I don't know who they put in. That is up. unlike you. Who are else you, are they? Are you quite There's no well, one else Thomas in the Red Bull driving. Who else are they going to put in that, that car? That stable is empty. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Uh, Driver of the year, got to give it to Kimmy. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I think, look, I think Max will end up being driver of the year. I really want Danny Rick to, but I think the car's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, team of the year, I'm probably going to go with, got to give it to Mercedes. Yeah, they're, just, they're doing the double. Yeah. Uh, best race. Now, I'm really, oh, mate, I am looking forward to... 
Uh, Vietnam. Yeah. That's going to be a good yes, one. Yes, of course. Uh, that's, probably, so, that's, that's probably not going to be the best race, but it's the one I'm looking most forward to. The, I think the best race will probably be Spa. Yeah. Because mm. um, we can see that these cars, you can follow quite closely yep. this year. So, but Vietnam's very wide in sections. It could be a lot of overtakes. Yeah, well, that, that third sector looks super interesting. It's a bit of a cross between Barcelona and Monaco in yeah. the way that it's – it's done, but it's also a lot like Baku and uh, Sochi I love as Baku, well. Actually, to be honest, that's a big one. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I think the fantasy teams. I think I'm going to take it out again. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you? Hang on, what are your two bold predictions, Campy? What are your two bold, bold predictions? predictions? Bold predictions. Come on, bold predictions. I think Bonotto loses his job. Ooh, uh, that's not bold. That should just happen. <laughs> that should happen. It's probably not yeah. bold, is it? Uh, <laughs> The other one, look, I'm going to go with Danny Rick. We're going to see a shoey this year. Ooh, oh, podium. Um, All right. We're going to see a shoey. And I'm going to I'm going to make a bold prediction that Lance Stroll is going to have a race where he gets the strategy right. He's going to start from the back because he can't drive on one, one lap anyway. <laughs> but here's my bold prediction. His strategy is going to be amazing, and he's going to get a top four. Oh, <laughs> With a couple of safety cars and some other uh, things? Uh, no, sorry, not top four. I'll say Stroll's going to get a podium. Oh. Sheely by chance, nothing he's done by himself. <laughs> Would you give him credit, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> 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 Absolutely not. Oh, I think he's, I don't, is... I'll tell you, it's not a bold prediction, but it's absolute truth. <laughs> the worst media performer of the year, hands down, easy Mr. Stroll himself. I'm not talking about his dad. I'm talking about his son. <laughs> he is like a wet dish towel. Oh, I, don't, I, don't know. Right. I don't know, boys. You clearly haven't watched the uh, most recent Aston Martin video talking about the brand new release cars and Lawrence <laughs> no, Stroll no, talking no. to camera there. I was uh, like, please stop. <laughs> another bold prediction. prediction. Ted Here we Gravitz. go. Mid, midlife crisis starts dating Stroll's sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then becomes a team principal. Oh, that's so great. Head I love of, that. Head of media relations for Aston yes. Martin, Mr. Ted Gravis. Oh, I love it. Hey, well, boys, this is going to be a hell of a year. I look forward to sitting this time in 12 months' time in 2021, in March, looking back at just how uh, right I was and, and right Tommy was and incorrect you were, Campy. Boys. But, hey, do you sp- Campy, you brought up the uh, the fantasy league um, can I just a big shout out to Michael and Chris if you're listening boys thank you it's just you and me Love who it. have done anything with the fantasy team yet apparently the other two don't really care so they can, they're already out oh, as far as I'm concerned I'm waiting for testing to finish and if anyone's interested mate, I've, got a, I've got a job you moved to Canberra for your wife you don't have a real job you've got time to not do even in Canberra mate not even in Canberra <laughs> can't even get it right same thing if anyone's interested <laughs> I've picked Red Bull, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz is my turbo driver, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly, and Danny Rick. So there's a lot of midfield drivers oh, in there. I am banking just put that a lot down for on. Me too. It's but after I'll testing, I I changed. I put Gasly in because I thought you're right in terms of Alpha Tauri pushing it and Gasly coming on top of the Russian and Checo because he's <laughs> been performed incredibly well and Carlos Sainz because. He's just going to want it this year. And Max, I think, is going to do a great job. Yeah. And Red Bull with Albon pushing for second. I think that's a, a pretty good spread of 
what I hope at least, and I have to put Danny Rick in. Like I, was, he, I chose him first. Went right now. What money have I got left to do that? If what you left? want to, yeah. if you want to join our league and you're listening, um, F1 Fantasy, you just go to the F1.com website and click on uh, the Fantasy League. I will put a the code to join our league in the uh, details section of this podcast. So please make sure you do that. And uh, boys, thank you. Uh, it's been awesome to recap. Of course, the. Uh, Netflix Drive to Survive Season 2. If you haven't watched that yet, please do. Incredibly good vision there. Campy didn't like it, but he doesn't like anything. Uh, and <clears throat> awesome to, to talk about stuff post-testing. I am so looking forward to Melbourne. We'll all be there, the three of us together, if we can ever get oh, our yeah. life together and sort out tickets and what that looks like. But uh, <laughs> if you've enjoyed listening to this, uh, a slightly longer podcast. We don't normally go for this long. Please make sure you subscribe, uh, do all the good stuff, and please leave us a five-star review. If you don't like the podcast, uh, please find another F1 podcast and leave a one-star review um i can only imagine someone's left us a one-star review i can only imagine it was uh, beyond the grid uh tom clarkson coming and leaving it because he is concerned about how good we are getting so uh, you're, a <laughs> you're an absolute dick i can't imagine him spending time he's got about 800 reviews on his podcast we are very important, in, in, according to your mum. And uh, Deb, worried. thank you. I'll like, like the bad reviews. I'll like, <laughs> like the cynicism. <laughs> yeah. Give us five stars, but rag on us. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I want good banter from you. I want quality banter. Well, boys, it's been an absolute privilege and pleasure to be talking all things Formula One with you. I cannot wait for the Grand Prix. We will see you in Melbourne. Cheers, boys. We'll see you in Melbourne. Yeah, I thought it, I liked it, but whatever. Just fucking, just wing it, man. <laughs> we're not recording. We've that. never spoken about how we're going to run this ever. James Hunt, fucking host it, all right? Jeez. <laughs> it's not like you have a job to do in camera anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up and fucking host it. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.